sex talk. Derek and Miley. Cause sexuality is tough. And okay, sex just isn't good enough. No. Sex talk with Derek and Miley. Hey folks, welcome to Sex Talk with Erica Miley. Erica Miley here. So for those of you who are joining us via my website, via lots of all the places that you typically find all the content that I apparently leave put my loud mouth into the world. I am Erica Miley. I am a sex therapist. That is my primary specialty. That's who I see. And my entire practice is online. And today I have with me my two wonderful therapists, Jen and Roshi. Welcome, ladies. I'm so glad Hi. that you are here. Hello. <laughs> So the purpose of this video is for uh, this video and audio. So those in podcast land, you won't get to see their beautiful faces. So I'm going to direct you over to the, men the Center for Mental and Sexual Health website for you to see our beautiful faces. And you'll also hear this in the podcast. So you're going to hear us all talk a little bit about what we do and what we offer at the center. And you'll probably hear us get pretty goofy because that's kind of how, that's kind of how we roll. <laughs> So, Jen, I really want you to introduce yourself. She is an amazing licensed mental health counselor. And tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Well, thanks, Erica. Hi, I am Jen. I like to do a little bit of everything, I think, as a mental health counselor. I Right now, I'm focusing a lot on um, relationships, and I'm doing some couple work, which is fabulous. I love it. And that sort of encompasses all kinds of things when I say relationships, because people come in with having, you know, struggles with all kinds of things. And it usually comes back to, I'm, I'm unhappy, or I don't have friends, or my partner is upsetting me, or whatever. And so it really is a great platform to be able to work on lots and lots of things. So that keeps me happy, getting to work on, on different things. And it gives me the opportunity to get real with people, which I, I love. I can be yes. a little direct, I can be a little blunt, but I find that after the relationship is built... People take it pretty well and we can get some some good work done. Oh, you want to get work done fast. Work with Jen. My goodness. <laughs> no, 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 no. We'll go with your case. I, I, don't, I don't want to rush you. I want to be able to build a relationship too. You got to build some trust. But once it's there, yeah, we can just fly through some stuff. <laughs> so, and when you, when you work with people around relationships, like what are some of the things, what are the, some of the most common things people say to you? They call you up and they say, Hey, I'm really struggling with A, B, and C with my, with my partner. What are some of those things that you hear from them? I think I hear a lot of he or she doesn't get it, or I feel like I'm losing myself in the relationship, or I'm trying to do everything to make him or her happy. And it's not it's not working. I feel alone. A uh, more serious thing would be I'm not feeling safe, but if we're, you know, talking about sort of like the general stuff, we're just not clicking. We're not as happy. We used to be super close and now we're not. And a lot of it boils down to communication. So they say a lot of things. We hear a lot of those kinds of symptoms, but it usually boils down to communication or an issue in trust. So those are like the primary things. And then there, there are all kinds of other extraneous factors that float in that need to be dealt with. But at the root of it, that's usually where the work is. Yes. Oh, preach. 
Woo! <laughs> I love it. I, I really think that Jen, if for those of you who are in, oh, to tell all of you, we serve the states of Florida, Washington, and Maine, and more than likely that will expand. But at this point, that's who we're serving. So that means being online means that all three of us can serve folks wherever you are in those states, wherever you are most comfortable, not where we're most comfortable. So Jen, like, what has been your favorite part about online therapy? So far, the the best thing was being able to move from Maine. I'm originally from Maine and have my first license there to Florida and being able to maintain those relationships with clients. So that was great, kind of making that transition from in-person and finding the same, if not some different value in meeting online. You know, like you mentioned, it's where the client is most comfortable. If they want to be in their jammies on their couch petting their cat or their dog or making their coffee in their kitchen. That's great. You know, I find that people feel comfortable and very open. Um, so it's been a really great way to sort of transition, like, you know, your traditional, what you think of when you think of I'm going to therapy and I'm going to drive to an office and I go to this place for an hour and then I leave just sort of breaking through those boundaries and having it be a little different. I find like the one-on-one is sort of the same. I just can't offer you tissues in person. <laughs> I just suggest that you go get them. Yes. Yeah. Tissues ready next to you. But I do. I think that that's a wonderful way to kind of put online therapy in your life. Like that's to me how online therapy works because that's the reason that I think it works the best is that it goes to your life. It's home. It's not where I'm most comfortable in my office. It is where you are. And I just think, and I love that too. I know all of us have had clients with their pets in their lap and they just get to be real comfortable with real fast and they get to feel heard and then finish getting ready for their day. That's the other great part is that we see people in different time zones so we can offer some flexibility as far as time and schedule, which is really, really awesome. So I want to thank you, Jen. I, I really appreciate all the information and I feel lucky to have her as part of my group. I tell you what. So Roshi, thank Hi. you for joining me too. How are you? And tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do. So I'm fabulous today. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I specialize in trauma, specifically the clients who usually come to see me are in the military or retired from the military, domestic violence victim or survivor, or somebody who is dealing with some type of addiction or has in the past. And with these territories usually comes a lot of feelings of, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And that's what I hear a lot. You know, sometimes people don't even realize that they have been traumatized or they don't when they hear trauma, they might think maybe something violent or something in like a sexual assault kind of realm, but trauma doesn't always fit into those boxes. So usually what I hear when a client comes to me is, I don't know where to go with my life from here. I can't even make sense of all the thoughts in my head. I need help because I can't even identify the feeling that I'm feeling. A lot of times sleep is disturbed or they have very vivid images or what we call flashbacks of things that may have happened and they don't know where to go from there or what to do with that. 
Yes. Oh, I feel like, I mean, all three of us for sure have, have worked in this world. I definitely work a lot with people with sexual trauma from their past. And would you say like, what, I mean, generally, I mean, you've described some of the things they may encounter beautifully, but what would you say is like a common, maybe misconception people have about trauma that you kind of already brought it, like, it has to be violent. So like, maybe what's, what are some of the parts of some of the other types of abuse that are not necessarily violent? Somebody who has trauma doesn't even necessarily have to have experienced it themselves. They could have witnessed it happen to somebody else. They could have found out that a close family member or friend has experienced the trauma. They could have been exposed to disturbing things over an extended period of time. For example, somebody working in the medical field or somebody working as an emergency response person, these horrific things on a daily basis that didn't happen to them specifically, but they see it repeatedly. And sometimes that in itself can be traumatic. Things like natural disasters, you know, people who live through hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, those are things that are out of the norm that can bring a sense of panic or fear or terror or helplessness. So all of those feelings attached to any of these memories or any of these experiences can be trauma. And sometimes people just don't realize that. I can't tell you how many times I've heard from clients. Oh, I had a great childhood. And then I asked them about maybe how they experienced discipline or, or how they experience the conversations around sex or sometimes there are like what, what we consider maybe smaller traumas, not these large traumas, but they could be over and over and over again and add up and really impact a person's life in their everyday life and without them kind of acknowledging that that happened. Absolutely. And it doesn't always have to be a physical thing or something that they saw. It could be emotional abuse. It could be verbal abuse that has been prolonged over a period of time or even one incident that really left an impression that they didn't process properly and they got stuck in it. Yes, absolutely. I think, and I want to open this these questions up, open to all three of us, as far as like the the regular things that we often hear from the people who call us. And I'll talk a little bit about the things that I regularly see. And I know many the two of you often uh, are taking folks that I can't see if I don't, I have too many, and vice versa. And so often I get calls for people who've experienced sexual assault in their past or they've experienced something in their life they don't quite understand or they're they're trying to understand their sexuality for the first time. I get a lot of people who have experienced trauma as far as religious trauma. So they're trying to understand their sexuality, whether they belong to the LGBTQ plus community and feeling like the church that they belong to or that they were raised in shamed them so they couldn't feel like they could actually come out and explore this part of themselves. I know both of you have worked with folks like that as well. Yes. <laughs> They're like both nodding furious. <laughs> Quick break from the action, folks. <laughs> action. <laughs> I just want to tell you about my Patreon. Every week, I bring you guests and seriously, lots of sex nerdery. Help me keep doing that by becoming a supporter. 
What do you get in return? Cool perks. For real. I am going to be doing shout outs, stickers, a bunch of stuff. So check it out at ericamiley.com forward slash Patreon. That's E-R-I-K-A-M-I-L-E-Y dot com forward slash Patreon. I hope to see you and see more of you by becoming a Patreon. Thanks, guys. So when you guys see folks generally, like, what do you think is one of those, those first things that you are helping them do? Like, one of the things I first do with people is kind of we're working on making them feel like they're not alone. That kind of how you all work right in the beginning is that you're kind of helping people know that they've, they're not the only ones that ever have ever experienced what they've experienced. Not only that, but just having a safe sharing space that you can go to and open up and really be vulnerable and not have to worry about judgment. This is a neutral third party person that doesn't benefit from your life in any way. And I hear that a lot from clients. You know, I can't talk about these things with people in my life because I don't know what they'll think of me or I don't know what they'll do or it might ruin our relationship. So having a neutral third party person and dedicated time, because even if we want to, sometimes we don't always make the time. So they're literally making an appointment for themselves to work on themselves. Relationship with self is first and foremost. Yes. Preach. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> to piggyback on that, because all of that is fabulous. I'll, <laughs> I'll add on and say that, yes, absolutely. That's one of the first things I do. And I think a big part of it, to use your example, Erica, of someone who would come in and maybe say, I've you know, had this religious upbringing and I don't know, you know if I belong to the LGBTQ plus community or judgment, all of that. I think a huge part of my work with those clients is feeling identification. They come in with a lot of feelings and it sometimes is anger or I know that I want to identify this way. And then I have all these subsequent thoughts and feelings about it impacting relationships. And so how do we name those? And sometimes it can be very freeing, you know, once you have that relationship to be able to say, I'm scared, I'm resentful. I, I, you know, and to realize that anger does have a place, but that that's not the only one. And so I think once you have that dedicated time and space that is safe and you can really kind of explore that stuff, it helps all around. Yes, absolutely. I am often working with clients just to to help them understand that it's okay to feel all the feelings. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know how many times you all stay in session. Like, no, you're, you're meant for these, these, you are meant to feel every one of these feelings, even though we avoid the most negative ones. We, we don't like to feel fear or sadness or frustration or, or that's usually when I'm busting out the feelings wheel, you know? Right. Yes. (laughs) I I do have to threaten that. And I say that in a nice way. Do I need to pull out my feeling faces wheel? Cause you know, anger's in the middle and all the ones that are feeding it. And we'll, I'll make you pick which one you're feeling right now. <laughs> I'm like, no, Jen, no, I know that wheel. Okay. All right. I'm angry or I'm, I'm anxious or I'm scared or I get it. I get it. <laughs> but there is a good place for that for sure. Yeah. And I think it's really profound when a client can get to that point, because many times when, especially in the beginning, when a client's starting off, I can't tell you how many times I've heard, 
well, I just stuff my feelings or I eat my feelings or I drink my feelings or I don't feel my feelings. And they've done it for so long that there's not even a name to those feelings anymore. I'm so numb. Yep. This big, uncomfortable ball inside of them or something that they are, like you said, are numb to. So sometimes we do need to get to a point where we are putting a name to a feeling, helping them identify it. And that in itself is therapeutic and can help them work through it. As much as all three of us have our specialties, first and foremost, we are all psychotherapists. We see people with depression and anxiety, and which are the two most common things that most therapists are helping people with. And I think we're all, all three of us are kind of alluding to the, the depression symptoms that we see in a lot of people. And, and so much of this is intertwined. If you are experiencing depression, if you're experiencing post-traumatic stress disorder, if you're experiencing anxiety, if you're experiencing, like all of these are tied together, we are a whole person. And so many times we are helping people identify feelings, helping them sort through them, and then helping them learn how to do it the best way for them. Mm-hmm. And so what is one thing before we jump into our favorite ice cream flavor? I'm just saying. What what is one thing that you would tell people where to begin? They they don't they haven't even picked up the phone yet to, to call a therapist. What would be like step one? Before they're calling, like in their research phase? Yes. Or even when they do call, do they, should they ask questions of the therapist they call? Or like, I, we could be here for, you know, I can <laughs> talk about this, but like, what, like when someone is beginning their search for help, what is step one? I think before any change can occur, there needs to be an awareness that change is necessary. So, I don't think that somebody would be calling or looking for a therapist if they themselves didn't feel that something needed to be changed, even if they didn't know what that thing was. So this is not something that that person's spouse or friend or parent is making them do. This is a journey for them of change into the best version of themselves. And I think it's important to remember that it's likely not going to feel like the right moment ever to do it. But if there is a desire for change, I think that's a good starting place. And then pick up the phone or send the email, you yes. know, and, and absolutely ask questions. We are not afraid of qu- We ask lots of questions. So it's only fair that you get to ask questions and make sure that your therapist is the right fit and can help you with whatever it is you're struggling with. So don't be afraid to ask. <laughs> Absolutely. You just mentioned, I think, something that's so important that all three of us, I know, work really hard at trying to determine when people call us and email us. And we have my wonderful clinic director, who's also my husband, Aaron, (laughs) which uh, many of our clients talk to first. And so oftentimes people come to us through email or call, and each one of the three of us talk with people first before they become our client. I mean, sometimes people read the website and they go, oh, okay, I know I want to work with Roshi or I know I want to work with Jen or I know I want to work with Erica and they'll just make it on our websites. But therapy works when the relationship works. So when you feel heard, when you feel like this person can understand the problem that you're facing, that is more likely when therapy will work. 
So I want to encourage all of you listening, please feel free to, to even email any one of us. Any one of us would be happy to help answer questions or help connect you with a therapist. If we're not the right fit, it doesn't hurt our feelings. Right. <laughs> uh, we would rather you be able to get the work done that you need to get done. So for all of you to get to know all three of us a little better, let's tell them our favorite ice cream flavors because <laughs> we all eat ice cream. <laughs> I'll go. <laughs> I I am a big fan of mint chocolate chip ice cream. Anything involving chocolate mint, I'm in. All right. Yes. So mine looks really similar to Jen's. Pistachio chip, which often gets mixed up in the ice cream shop. So pistachio chip is my favorite. Uh, on Ooh. the rare occasion that that has gotten mixed up, because it has happened to me, I've been a little sad. I'm not going to lie because oh. it's not minty. <laughs> but you're right. It does look similar. And I respect your right to prefer pistachio. <laughs> you sound like such a, a diplomat right now so uh mine right now my favorite is i don't know if you've had this ben and jerry's flavor it's pb cookies it is peanut butter and oreo cookie and mm. it's so good <laughs> I yeah i wouldn't turn it down i wouldn't turn it down i haven't had that one the other great thing is it's not dairy so it doesn't upset me there you go. even better even better <laughs> Thank you all for being here with me today. And folks, if you are wanting to contact any of the three of us, please check out mentalandsexualhealth.com. You feel free to email me, Erica at ericamiley.com. Check out the podcast at Erica at ericamiley.com. <laughs> and and uh, you can find also the about pages for both Roshi and Jen on mentalandsexualhealth.com. Any parting words? Crickets. Oh no, so it was fun. <laughs> well, anyway, thank you both. And folks, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening, folks. Please rate and review on iTunes. It helps this podcast get found. If you leave a five-star review, let me know about it on any social media, and I'll shout you out on the podcast. You can find my website at ericamiley.com. You can find me on Facebook, the gram, and Twitter. See y'all next time.